Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, Unstuckers. Welcome back to a fantastic episode of the Unstuck Institute. Why is it fantastic, Chell? Why isn't it fantastic, Josh? Because every episode's fantastic. It really is, though. (laughs) (laughs) We got to up our game, though. Otherwise, like, fantastic becomes the norm. And then it's just like, meh. Right, is because they get used to fantastic. So we gotta like keep. We gotta go to like splendiferous, and then, and then whatever is above is above that. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Correct. Yes, Got I'm just it. here to get us off track from the get go. Excellent. <laughs> that's why you're. That's why you're along for the ride this week. Obviously, <laughs> the only reason I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we are diving into a topic of discovery calls, clarity calls, whatever the hell you want to call them. But I feel like this is part of a lot of people's sales funnel. I don't know if you kind of screen your clients before you allow them to become clients or not. But Normally not, but in pandemic times, I do try and kind of screen them to make sure they have to come to the shop or I have to go to them before. Okay. Other than that, I don't, I don't really. But yeah. um, So disco- define discovery call or clarity call or whatever you want to call them so that we know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, definitely. So this is after someone has found your website, has possibly gotten some free information from you and from your sales funnel, whether that be like a PDF or like an ebook or something, has signed up to talk to you. So at this point, usually someone's already like 50 or more percent of the way sold um, on you, on your product, because they're taking the time out of their day to schedule a call with you. And that's what I like to call a clarity call, discovery call, um, just to have them learn a little bit more about you. I like using clarity call because usually at that point, they have some kind of questions that they want to ask you. Um, But for me, I like using the term clarity because then I'm getting clarity as to whether or not they're going to be a potentially good client for me as well. So I think this is a call where you're kind of both feeling each other out a little bit. Um, And it can be done either over the phone or like over Zoom or like Google meetings. Initially, I was hesitant to do it over Google meetings, but I mean, that's kind of just become the norm now to see someone virtually, you know? So I think that's kind of more commonplace, even more so over the last like four or five months rather than just Mm -hmm. a phone call. Um, Yeah. And for me personally, going forward, I'm going to have to do it over some type of virtual platform because I will not have a quality calling plan from Germany. So (laughs) (laughs) have you, have you done any video calls? I haven't. No, not yet. I've done a couple of practice calls, um, but I haven't done any like in-person video calls, like for this process. Yeah, I know for, so for newer listeners, you may not know, Chell and I met because I called her yeah. <laughs> for for her services. So at that point you were doing telephone clarity calls. Yeah. Um, but so you've, you've been mostly doing that still yeah. and, and now you're going to transition. It's a good time to transition or yeah. a good time to move to Germany, you know, because everyone's <laughs> getting used to these 
video call things. Yeah. And I think doing the video calls, at least from the practice calls, it's a little bit more personal because then you're seeing someone in person. That's probably how you're going to work with them, depending on like what you do. I mean, either you're going to work in person with them or like virtually with them. So I think seeing the person just makes it a lot more personalized. So let's hop right in, as I would say in my clarity call. (laughs) Oh, hop right in. So mine in particular is anywhere between 20 to like 45 minutes. just depends on how much people want to divulge. Um, It also depends on your industry, I think. Um, So my questions are very industry specific, as they should be for you as well. So I think that kind of drives the amount of time that you need to speak to someone. But I found that my sweet spot's anywhere between like 30 and 45 minutes um, in total to seal the deal. So start start this call as you would any with some pleasantries, um, depending on where, like what kind of clientele you're working with. You can like ask them about where they are, ask them about things that you may have in common, um, ask them about the weather. I feel like those are just like very intro to phone call questions like, Hey, Josh, where are you calling from today? Uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I've done did driving, driving. I've done did drove in there a couple of times. This clarity of call is going really well. I feel very clear (laughs) about it. (laughs) But I mean, just find the commonalities, right? So like, oh yeah, my husband was stationed in Albuquerque for two years. We we lived in the Northeast Heights area and we really loved it. What do you like about No, wait, wait. Are you Chalestina Brunetti? I know you. (laughs) Hopefully your clarity call is just that easy, guys. But just in case it's not, you'll probably have to move on to the next part. So after your two to five minute pleasantries, you'll want to set an agenda. And this part is imperative because you're getting them to agree to your terms. So this is usually what I start off saying. So I thought what we would do today is to start off with me asking you some questions. I took a look at the survey, but I still need some additional clarity. If it sounds like I can help you and that we're a good fit, I'll explain what I have to offer and how everything works. And then you can decide whether or not you want to be part of it. Does that sound good? Yes. Excellent. And that's what you want to wait for. (laughs) So you want to stay silent until they agree to your terms. They didn't just say yes or yeah, that sounds good or something along those lines. But it needs to be a positive affirmation. It sounds good to have um, a roadmap too because a lot of people – I'm sure aren't used to such things. You know, some people are and and everyone does them differently, I assume. So like as a prospective client in this like pretend call right now, it felt good to be like, oh, I know what's about to happen. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. That and I also, so like after you said yes, I like to also say, and just so that you know, I will be taking some notes because it looks awkward if you're down here like the whole time, especially if you're doing like a virtual call rather than a phone call, like that you're awkwardly taking notes the whole time. So I like to mention that ahead of time so that they're not just like, why is this person looking over there not paying attention to me? You know? Yeah. So if that is something that you guys need for your business, just mention it. Um, Be super casual about it. It doesn't need to be this crazy like, "Uh, just so you know, like I'm going to take notes. I'm sorry. Don't apologize over the phone either because that gets really annoying. (laughs) <laughs> um, agreed but waiting yeah for but there's something to mention and move on right? yeah because then it's no big deal yeah um but wait for the terms so like how josh said yes like wait for them to do that because if they end up interrupting you or redirecting the call then it's not probably going to be a good fit from the get-go and if that's the way that they respond to you just be like okay well 
this is how the call was going to go. So I don't think we're going to be a good fit. And like, that can be your, that can be the filter already. So like, if someone's just like pressing you for the price or pressing you for like, what's specifically in your course or whatever, just be like, okay, well, this is going to be part of the process. If you need these immediately, I don't think we're going to be a good fit, but if you can hang on for the duration of the call, we'll get to there eventually or something like that. Just try and redirect the call back to the way you want it to go. Right. Okay. And then the next section is going to be finding out what they want to get from the call. So you can say this as simply as, okay, so what prompted you to hop on this call with me today? Literally, that's it. Like, And then depending on what your niche is or what your market is, they'll dive in and they'll explain at least in my world, they'll explain that maybe they've been eating out for an extended period of time and they want their family's health to be better or something along those lines. And then dive in with a further, with a deeper question. So this can be like, why do you think this problem exists? Or tell me more about this. Essentially, you just want to delve even deeper and kind of get down to the nitty gritty of like what their real problem is or what their real issues are. I like these open-ended questions because it sounds like it sounds like someone can give you their honest answer and then feel like you are tailoring your services and therefore their experience to their need as opposed to going, I got A or B, what do you want? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, you do have A or B, but you want to make it as personalized as possible. Right. And for the most part, what they don't necessarily realize is that A and B covers just about everything of the people who would get so far as to probably have a clarity call with you, I'm assuming. Right. And so, um, but if you just say I got A or B, it sounds like take a number, get in the back of the line. Right. Versus like, let me tell you my story and my hardships and da 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 da. And then you can be like, okay, that's B with a flourish on whatever. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And then, like honing in even more, you ask, so what is the particular problem you're trying to solve? And what have and what have you done in the past to kind of mitigate your problems or kind of rectify these, these problems? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll say, oh, we've done X, Y, and Z. And sometimes they'll say, well, we've taken no steps, but this has kind of become apparent in our current situation and we're coming to you for help or something along those lines. Then after you've asked them what they want to gain from the call, you go into like what I like to call the pre-diagnosis questions. So this is how you can help understand their current situation while letting them rest a little bit in that pain or discomfort that they may be feeling. Remember, we're trying to not attack, but kind of work at those pain points a little bit so that they can realize what discomfort they're in and that what we're selling or the program that we can provide or our services can mitigate that pain that they're experiencing. Right. And it's not like a used car salesman sleazy thing. It's more like, I mean, to me, it sounds like, you know, if if somebody's got a a pain point that they've been living with for a long time, they've gotten used to that pain point, right? But they're still not, they still want to do something about it, which is why they're calling you. But what you're doing by kind of highlighting the pain point is, is reminding them exact and trying to get down to the the very specific, right? Of why they are calling you 
And then for two reasons, one, they can decide if your products are good for them when they're really reminded of, of what they think they need. And two, when they're really reminded of what they think they need, hopefully they're going to be motivated enough to carry through for you, like more than just buy your service and then blame you because they didn't put any effort into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a problem in many industries. Right? Oh yeah, totally. And I think that's really important to just kind of remind them of that. And then there's going to be some more points that I discuss a little bit later on that kind of re-solidify that as well. Cool. So then the pre-diagnosis, essentially here we want to ask four to five niche specific questions or very like targeted questions that are going to help not only you determine if this is going to be a really good potential client, but also help your client determine if you're going to be the right fit. So they kind of have to be specific, but broad at the same time. So Mm -hmm. you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago um, during one of our mini masterminds, but you helped me figure out that because I have like kind of two different clientels, like the people who can cook versus the people who just rely on like eating out and prepared foods, that in this instance, I can use a choose your own adventure kind of pathway for my questions. And I have. So my first question for clients is, would you eat, would you say that you eat out more or cook at home more? And that first question decides the next couple of questions that I ask my clients. And here you don't want to be giving them like their third degree by asking them a ton of different questions. It just needs to be pointed enough so that you have the answers that you need to be able to determine if this client is suitable for your style program, the way you work, and if they're really motivated. I mean, you'll hear it in their voice too. Like if someone's just like, yeah, like I guess my family and I eat out, my family and I eat out a lot and like, eh, the food's probably not great, but I don't know, we're really not super motivated to get to get moving. Like that's probably not going to be a good fit cuz they're not mentally there and there are some people out there that will work with clients to get them that next like mental step forward. For me, I want the person who's already ready to make that change and all they need are the resources to be able to make that change. That's my ideal client. So determine what your ideal client is. Maybe go back a couple of episodes, listen to that. But once you know what that looks like, it'll be a lot easier to determine those four or five questions that need that you need to make um, that decision and for them to make that decision as well. Be hyper-specific. Right. Do you have an example? I mean, I know you don't really do this to your clients or do this with your clients, but do you think you'd have a question to determine whether or not maybe just that one like super vague one as to whether or not they'd be a good fit for you if you're working with like a small business, for example? I don't think I have a clear cut first question like you do that kind of sends you down a path. Um, There's a few questions that I have to ask a small business. Um, I guess like the biggest one, quite honestly, is um, which could kind of determine two paths for me would be, um, do you have a server? Because not always, but typically speaking, typically speaking, uh, a business that has a server is one kind of network and a business that has another or has no server is another kind of network. And that kind of tells me what I'm playing with technology-wise, how much they've spent previously on technology. Um, 
and what kind of services I can offer them because some people just want to call me up when something breaks and some people want more managed hands-on prevent it from breaking kind of stuff and usually one path to the other. But I mean, even that question's flawed because like your question um, is like, you know, how often do you eat out? Everyone knows like yeah. they probably do a bad job of estimating, but they know what that means. <laughs> and for me, when I say, do you have a server? I've had many a, a per, many a prospective client say yes. And then I go down to see the server and the quote unquote server is just another computer um, <laughs> that they store files on. And somebody said, this is your server previously, but it's like, it's not a real server in terms yeah. of services. Way too like technical to worry about right now, but like, that's the problem with that question is that okay. no one necessarily knows what they have and they can't, they try to answer honestly, but until I get there, I'm like, Oh, you lied. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's definitely a little bit different in your industry then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So after you get through the four or five questions, that should take anywhere between 10 and 15 minutes, depending on how extensive their answers are. And it shouldn't just be yes or no questions. It should be questions that delve a little bit deeper that require them to answer with several sentences, perhaps. So after you've gotten that information, you want to draw out the gap, basically getting them to admit their current situation and then their future goals. So again, I like to make these as niche specific as possible. Um, and I find it best, so this is why I say I'm going to take notes when I'm initially starting the conversation with them. You want the questions to reiterate what your client has said and what their situation is. So you want to make it as specific and using the same verbiage as to what the client was saying as possible. So it's going to be different every call, but really listen to what the client is saying and use that verbiage because they're going to be like, oh my God. This person really listens to me because you're using the same verbiage they are. So if someone's like, oh, we're just a really busy millennial family, then you just say, oh, well, I, I like, what would you want your busy millennial family's perfect situation to look like in 12 months or something like that? But use the verbiage that they're using. Mm -hmm. It's like mirroring and you, you can do that on video calls too. <laughs> Oh yeah. Now definitely. that you're transitioning the video calls where you can like mirror their body language a little bit, a little bit. It's still like, it's not quite as uh, natural and easy to do as yeah. in person because you're getting like a headshot of people, but <laughs> yeah, definitely. But that's the same thing with like speaking. So if someone's super stoked and talking like this, then your body language should be super stoked and talking like this. But if someone's kind of more on the mellow side, maybe you should adjust your voice like that as well. You want to mirror them as best as possible. So not just in the sense of using the verbiage that they are, but in their tone of voice or their, if you're using some type of online video platform um, to mirror what they're doing to get the best of your ability as well. Yeah. So this last part is where the selling quote unquote actually begins, right? So at this point, we want to find the true reason, bring more emotion into the conversation about their current situation, and get commitment from them. So this is why this is where and how we find where the people want to make the changes in their lives. And again, using the verbiage that they're using. So something along the lines of, well, what's your motivation for reaching your goal? 
How would things be different if you got to your goal? How would doing X impact the rest of the areas of your life? If you're, if you're, so if you're currently at X and you want to get to Z, what's the biggest obstacle that's preventing you from getting there, getting you there on your own? Why not just stay the same? When are you wanting to fix this? And are you committed to making a change? So all of those questions to determine if they're ready and just to get them state in their own words, getting from point A to point B or X to Z or whatever. Um, And once they've answered all of those, I like to follow it up with a case study or a testimonial. Um, And it doesn't have to be super specific to their case. Um, It doesn't have to be exactly the same. But if you can kind of give a very broad case study of someone who has seen success with you, that's huge. And if they ask for another one and you have another one in your back pocket, pull it out. This is going to be the time where you're using your past examples and your past successes to to your advantage. So once you've done that, at this point, I like to ask, um, well, rather, if you find that they're going to be a good fit, because like at this point, you either know or you don't know, or you know, you know, either way. Not that you know where you don't know. You know either way. If you want to work with them or if you don't want to work with them. If you want to work with them, awesome. Um, Then you'll say something along the lines of, okay, well, I can definitely help you with that. And would you like me to tell you more about what I do? And again, make this super, super, super specific. Use their words to the best of your ability. This is going to resonate the most clearly with them. So state something along the lines of, okay, well, my area of expertise is in blank, helping blank to blank buy. And I typically work with blank and I help them to blank. At this point, you want to vaguely, oh so vaguely, explain what you do and your offer to them. At no point mentioning price. Why why so vaguely? Because that's going to give them more opportunities to ask questions. So if you're vague initially, it's going to help them think through some of those gaps that you may have left out, right? So when I describe my offer, I just say I provide an online course for millennial families, um, teaching you the basics uh, and giving you the ability to gain kitchen confidence. A lot of people at this point, like a lot of people who do this for a living um, and show people the like the marketing aspect of this will say, stay silent, don't speak, but doing it virtually, like on Zoom, it's super awkward. You're just like staring at the person. So at this point, I like to say, are there any questions I can help clarify for you? Or is there anything else that you'd like to clarify or anything else you have questions on? So I like to start it off with that when I end versus just staring at the person awkwardly. Um, it just gets weird after every question. If you continue, I guess, with another question. So like stay silent for a second or two and then be like, is there anything I can help clarify? Or would it be okay if I explained X, Y, and Z? So not everyone's going to need to know how, how many lessons are in your podcast online course or how long each lesson is, or, they're not going to need to know the specifics when they're on a phone call with you about that. You know, like Mm -hmm. some people I'm sure will want to know. I think actually when I was on the call with you, you wanted to see some kind of like 
like layout for the course. So I think I walked you through that, but not everyone's going to need the specifics week by week of your course or your program. So not everyone reads the syllabus first day of school. What? (laughs) (laughs) Former college teacher, just having a little bit of a flashback. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) But I was actually doing like a mock call with one of the, the women in my online course and she just rambled. And then she and I had a discussion afterwards and I was like, okay, ask me if I want to hear that next time because I blanked out for the two minutes she was talking, like eyes glazed over, blanked out. So always ask the potential client if this is something that they want to hear or can I provide you with more information? Do you have any additional questions? And if they don't, then they'll typically ask for the price at that point. So you can do some type of incentive-based pricing where you say you typically sell for this much and then knock it back down to the price that you want to sell it for. I'm not going to tell you exactly what to say there, but if you research incentive-based pricing, that can be really helpful. Um, Essentially, it's something along the lines of people who are, um, I find that some of my best clients make decisions, who make decisions quickly are some of my most successful So I do X, Y, and Z for them. So something along those lines, it doesn't have to be exactly like that. Um, And then this is another part where you want to stay silent. Again, if you're doing a Zoom call, don't do it for too long and stare them down. Stay silent for like five to 10 seconds, smile and be like, is there anything else I can help clarify? And this is where the selling, quote unquote, selling, selling begins. This is where people are going to come up with excuses Maybe I have to talk to my spouse. Maybe that's not an excuse. Maybe that's real. But while you have them on the phone, get through as many of these questions and their concerns as possible. Be able to give them the the tools and resources that they need to maybe go to their spouse and have this conversation with them so that they don't have any questions. And then when you do give them a call back in 24 hours or whatever you choose to do, that they've been able to explain it to their spouse properly, correctly, and aren't just using saying I need to talk to my spouse as an excuse. Um, typically, I think that's probably the biggest one. Or, ooh, that's a, that's a pretty pricey program. Uh, I don't really have the money to do that. Perhaps at this point you can offer them a pricing, um, a pricing plan with added interest. Or are you sure that this is something that you want to do or is price actually an issue? Try and get to the root of the problem as best as possible when you have them on the phone. And it can kind of be an awkward conversation sometimes. So I highly recommend um, practicing this before you just kind of break into the clarity discovery call market. Um, in the past two weeks, I've practiced it like three times with people and I'm still a little wonky on like the, the objections at the end. And I've been doing this for years, but like it just practice, like doing it over and over again. So I hope this was helpful guys. That's kind of the end of it. And then ideally after you, uh, after you handle all of the objections, someone would say, yes, sign me up for your program or best case scenario after the price, they're like, Oh, sign me up. Do you ever give uh, discounts? I find, and the percentage, I guess, varies based on price point. But for my price point, I often, whenever anyone's hemming and hawing about anything, I often 
throw a 10% discount their way. Just like, <laughs> eh, just this time, new client, why not? 10% off or, or whatever, right? I throw 10% discounts out there willy-nilly. Um, and part of the reason is at my price point, that amounts to like, seven dollars right and if if that closes the sale at least for my in my business on on the a client's first interaction with me but then they're going to have several other interactions with me hopefully over the course of years um it's well worth that seven dollars right <laughs> and but like hearing oh i, I get 10 percent off well uh, okay uh usually is how it goes on my end of course you're style of business and your clarity calls are a total different thing. But have you ever done anything like that? So typically when I'm telling people the price, I'll say it typically goes for this. Let's for easy number purposes, let's say the course typically goes for a hundred dollars, but I like to to take a 40% discount off and charge 60 and, and today you can have it for 60. So that's typically where I'll say the percentage discount. Yeah. Rather than yeah. rather than like when they're hemming hawing afterwards, trying to sure. figure it out, you know. But, like, but you put it in there somewhere, yeah. Exactly. So you can just be like, "Well, today for the next twenty four hours, we can lock in this X amount discount, this forty percent discount." You know, you're creating scarcity, but I like I I like to call it incentive based pricing. I think it just has a better connotation to it <laughs> than saying scarcity. Don't don't say either of those things to the client. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, totally. Um, that makes sense. A lot of things do that as well. Sign up this week only. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. if you guys yeah, have yeah. any questions on this, by no means am I an expert, but I can at least help you or practice with you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I think that was very informative for somebody who who doesn't do a lot of that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> And I might be doing some of that in the future with my podcast course because um, I'm thinking like right now it's like a uh, go at your own pace kind of thing. But I'm thinking of doing this whole big group guided thing. And yeah. when it's that, the price point's going to be higher. And I'm thinking like, well, what kind of like webinars and clarity calls and crap am I going to have to have? So I found it useful. <laughs> if I'm the only one, that's fine because I'm the most important one. Obs. It's time for a recap. One, set an agenda and communicate expectations for the call. Two, ask permission to explain more. Three, practice and be comfortable in the silence. The Unstuck Institute podcast is brought to you by Chell's Gather Round La Cucina online course. Lacking time and skill to cook healthy meals at home? I get it. Healthy meals can be boring, flavorless, and time-consuming to make. Choosing fast food can be a quick option, but often it can leave you feeling unwell or unable to feel your best. You and your family deserve to feel good, and you don't have to sacrifice taste or time to feel good. With the Gather Around the Cucina course, I help busy families learn to create a healthy, sustainable lifestyle for the whole family without sacrificing time. Log on to wellnesscucinallc.com now and schedule a complimentary call to see if this course can be a good fit for you and your family. And that's a wrap on episode 55, where Chell tells us all about Clarity Calls. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. So guys, if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. 
not only does it really help out the show a lot, but we're offering a little something something to help you out a lot. So if you leave five stars and a written review on either of those platforms, you'll be entered in the drawing to win a 30-minute mastermind with me and Josh. If that ain't an incentive, I don't know what is. We're really good at brainstorming. (laughs) (laughs) For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, www.unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking to you about bridges and not burning them. Clarity about what matters provides clarity about what does not. Cal Newport. Hey, Josh, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Uh, practice, practice, practice? Eh, I thought it was the end train. Oh.